0: All right. Welcome to the Straight Up Egan podcast on location today at T-Rex Cookie Company. So I'm here with the owner, Tina Rexing. So thank you for lending me your space oh, here today.
1: Amazing. Yeah. Thanks for coming and thanks yeah, for definitely. having me.
0: Definitely. So just want to kind of get your origin story kind of sure. backdrop of you know where you started, what kind of got you into this business and go from there.
1: Well, I spent 20 years in corporate America. Uh, my first job was at Northwest Airlines here in Egan. Okay. Um, And then- Funny enough, I then worked at Thomson Reuters also nice. in Egan. Yep, yep, So are you
0: officially are you originally from Egan?
1: No, I'm actually from Fridley. Okay. And I ha- I live in this sound. weird pocket of Egan. I live on Cliff and Highway Three, okay. which I have an Invergrove address. My children went to Rosemont High School. And yeah, but everyone, I just say the whole Egan. South
0: Metro experience.
1: Right. So um 20 years in corporate, you know, I kind of bopped around of different companies, including Target but all that time I was actually a competitive baker
0: yeah and okay. then I, you know Doing I wasn't on the side type of stuff yeah you know, it was just
1: kind of like a stress reliever i would compete at the state fair and i'd spend like a year like the year leading up to the fair um practicing sure and so i needed to have someone eat the product right, right? so i would test sure wasn't hard to find <laughs> no well it's funny because people would um complain when i would make them fat because i would just constantly like my colleagues or my my um my friends at work would be like, why are you always bringing food in? Right. And so, you know, the question was all about, why don't you do this for a living? And my answer was always, you can't make any money, which is still true. Right. Um,
0: And what kind of stuff were you baking? So obviously you make cookies now, but I was was
1: making breads, cakes, you know, primarily cookies. But um, when I launched the company in 2015, you know, I was making caramels, I was making banana bread and I just had to figure out like, what can I do that's easy, quote unquote, easier yeah. and transports well? I mean, I don't like cupcakes. I don't like frosting. Mm-hmm. So for me doing frosting. That box over it. Exactly. And you know, that has a longer, like a really short shelf life. Sure. And you can't really share a cupcake, mm-hmm. right? So cookies was kind of like the natural progression of the company.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. So from transitioning from corporate America to then, you know, doing some side competition, bacon, and then yeah. the store, what was that process like? Like what was quitting your corporate job? and Oh, it, in business? it was
1: horrible. So I left Target to go to a small company and I'm sure I'm like breaking all sorts of rules, like calling out these companies. Sure. Right. I went to um, a blue stem brands, which is also known as finger hut. They're out okay. in Eden Prairie. I left Target thinking that going to a smaller company would alleviate like drama and politics, but sure. it was actually Not so much worse.
0: <laughs> um, a smaller company?
1: it was a smaller company and, you know, um, in the six months I was at this job, mm-hmm. I had four different bosses wow. and three different that's, job titles. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah. And that's so I'm hard. like, you know what, after my fourth transition, like into a new boss, I said, I'm done. So wow. I quit. And much to the dismay of my husband, you know, giving up an it job. Right. Um, you're giving up a lot of money. Right. And so when I told him and I came home and I, it was actually on my birthday, I told him I quit. Um, (laughs) he was like, okay, you're just going to have this midlife crisis and then you'll go back to work. Yeah. You know, um, I, I quit in November. I spent pretty much all of November and December kind of like wallowing in my, in my pity.
0: (laughs) And And what year was this again?
1: 2014 is when I quit. And then I spent, um two months kind of like figuring out what I wanted to do with myself and then I ended up writing a business plan in January okay. of 2015 and January 23rd is when I got my LLC yeah and uh that was when it like officially got real in terms of launching the company of mm-hmm. course it was just me sure um yep and once I got the LLC I decided to launch a Kickstarter
0: okay and that's kind nice. of how I got and
1: the I, initial I... like startup money yep um but because I wrote a business plan It was like an 80 page business plan. (laughs) Um, I took it to the bank and they were like, you took the time to write a business plan. I'm like, yeah, don't all people do this? Yeah. And apparently not. No. And just even the act of doing that was like, oh, here's, we're going to give you a line of credit. Yeah. A $50,000 line of credit that, you know, I was able to use if I wanted to, which was nice.
0: Nice little safety net. Mm -hmm. For sure. For sure. Um, So then you had to find a space. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> is, this your, is this the current that we're in the current space? No, got the whole time.
1: So when I first started, I was actually renting a commercial kitchen by the hour. Okay. In South Minneapolis on 38th in Chicago, um, and it was called City Food Studio, which was called an incubator at the time. Okay. And it helped small companies like mine kind of get going. Yeah.
0: Get your and, out there. And
1: exactly. And so my plan was the business plan pretty much said bake cookies, sell at farmers market. Mm. You know, Uh, I don't know why it was 80 pages, but, (laughs) um, so that was the plan. And then, um, I ended up eight months later on the today show. That's kind of a long, windy story to get there. Yeah. And, um, that exposure really changed the trajectory of the company really. And so I, I had to go from renting by the hour to like trying to find my own space. And so my first location was actually in Minneapolis over on university in two hundred and eighty.
0: Okay.
1: um, and it was a cafe, so I essentially but they had
0: allowed to... you to do all your baking stuff there. Then I actually, rent the...
1: I actually, it was a cafe that
0: just closed. Oh, you got the whole space. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I'm like, okay. so I wheeled and dealed with a landlord saying, "I will take over this cafe, yeah, if you leave all the equipment mm-hmm. was one of the things, and you sign over the ownership of all the equipment to me,
0: okay, yeah, for a dollar, <laughs>
1: right? And so, as a small business owner, you, just, I just inherited like maybe a hundred thousand dollars worth of restaurant equipment. Right.
0: For sure. Cause what were they going to do with it? Exactly. Yeah.
1: So I opened a cafe. I was open for two years. Yeah. Not necessarily my bag. It sure, was essentially sure. a restaurant. Okay. Um, but the building in Minneapolis was purchased by a company that was going to tear it down to turn mm-hmm. it into condos. Yeah. And
0: is it still there? You know,
1: it is okay. So, funny. The funny story about that is, I was like, Great, you just gave me an out to get out of here because Minneapolis is really hard for a small business to work in.
0: Sure, yeah.
1: Um, so props to Egan, right? Yeah, um, so it gave me an opportunity to kind of look for a different space. Okay, the space I'm in now had been empty for six years, and so I reached out to the landlord at the time and I said, Hey, I'm interested in this space. Can I cut a decent deal for yeah. it since it's been empty? And they said yes. You know, no one else Say wanted much the much space. Money for it, at that it point. It's something. Yeah. It's better than zero. Right. right? And so not only is it two miles from my house, it's in Egan. I don't have to deal with all the drama of Minneapolis and yeah, yeah. Minneapolis politics, Minneapolis taxes, crazy stuff. Sure. Um, so yeah, I ended up in Egan in twenty nineteen. I opened wow. the doors here uh February of twenty nineteen.
0: Okay. Crazy. So besides just your storefront, you also sell in stores and other places and yeah. with and how that started.
1: <laughs> so I started in Egan with this location and I only wanted to be open like four days a week. That was my plan. Yeah. And then someone had talked me into opening a second location. Okay. So I'm like, well, it was in a shopping mall, no less. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> but this was... um this was fall of 2019 mm-hmm. when I got talked into like, okay, maybe I could give a shopping mall a shot. And so I, Ridgedale Mall, Minnetonka, I'm on the East okay. side, T-Rex Cookies on the West side makes yep. sense. Yeah,
0: And good mall too.
1: It's a good mall. Yep. It's not Mall of America. I mean, it's, it's a high-end part of town, yep. you know, um, I opened that second location on March 1st, 2020.
0: <laughs> Good timing, <laughs> I'm just like a right? Button for punishment.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, I opened that second location. I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. You know, I was open for two weeks, two weeks. and I was closed for three months after that. And the mall was still trying to get rent from me. You're
0: still to pay the rent.
1: And yeah. I'm like, no, this isn't, you know, COVID was happening. Everything mm-hmm. got shut down. Um, I shut down R- Ridgedale for 3 months but then after 2 weeks I reopened Egan.
0: Okay.
1: For curbside pickup. Sure. So the whole COVID pivot was like real for me. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, that's kind of like the 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 story of my my second location. But then, <laughs> is that mm-hmm, it's it's
0: still, still open? It's still open. Okay.
1: It's still open. You know, shopping malls are tough, labor is tough.
0: Yeah.
1: Um And I'm in the middle middle of them all, right? Right. But from an exposure standpoint, it's actually done relatively well. Okay, that's good. And then COVID, again, pushed my hand in terms of like trying to figure out where else can I make money? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I was in football stadiums. I was at Orchestra Hall. So COVID shut down.
0: Because you're doing U.S. Bank too or something like that? I'm in
1: U.S. Bank, Target Center, Minnesota Wild, Excel Center, Mm -hmm. and soon to be Minnesota Twins. But all of that was shut down. Yeah. Um, so where else can I make money? And I'm like, well, I wonder if people can make these cookies in their own homes. Mm-hmm. So I started talking to my customers, like, will you take this bag of cookie dough and see if you can bake a half pound cookie in your house? And so <laughs> yeah. And so a lot of people just came and got free cookie dough and tried yeah. it out and gave me some feedback on did it work, did it not? And that's kind of like how we launched into grocery stores.
0: Mm, okay.
1: In um some people
0: found out they could Make mm-hmm. it at home and-
1: Fall of 2020 is like like October through December. We were kind of okay. plotting out our yeah. our plan, and then we launched into our first grocery store in January of 2021. Was that Hyvee Plymouth? Okay, and Hyvees are strange in that each store gets to make their own decision.
0: Sure.
1: Yeah. That's so we so, so started Plymouth. there
0: and kind of moved more east then.
1: Yeah. I started at Hy-Vee what stores
0: are you in now?
1: right now. I'm in pretty much all major grocery stores, okay. um, from Lund's and Byerly's to Cub.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the only chain that I'm not currently in, in Minnesota is Coburn's.
0: Okay. I used to work at Coburn's when I was right? a teenager. Yeah.
1: We're working on it. I'm working on it. I have a meeting <laughs> with them next week.
0: Okay. Well, good luck. So you not only in Hy-Vee, at least the one that I've seen, you sell a dough, but also the straight up cookies in the bakery.
1: Yep. So we, we just launched in bakery, um, well, hy Bakery has has had me there for almost a year now. Okay. And then we just launched into Jerry's and um, County Market. So County Market and Jerry's are owned by the same company. And Cub sells them in their bakery, but shh, they're not, T-Rex, mm-hmm. cookies. They're not T-Rex cookies. They're not called T-Rex cookies. Right now. I'm working on trying to get them to call them T-Rex cookies. Yeah. Um, because the brand is growing. Mm-hmm. And I think the brand has a lot of... Clout in it that people know it. Sure. Cub calls them colossal cookies. Okay. <laughs> but just know, friends, it. they're actually T Rex cookies. Yes. Yes. Yes.
0: How has it been? So with Cookie Company, and social media, your social media is awesome, by the way. Oh, thank I you. I love those videos. But how has social media helped you in your business growth?
1: I would not be where I am today without social media. Yeah. I, I mentor a lot of small businesses and a lot of them are like reluctant to get their faces out on mm-hmm. Facebook. But honestly, that's how things are evolving yeah. right now. And social media is quote unquote free, right? Right. Yeah. And so I started the company by just posting, oh, Tina's doing a pop-up in downtown, put it on Facebook. Mm-hmm. That's the only place I knew how to get to people. Sure. And- Facebook is how the today show found
0: me. Okay.
1: Right. And so without that
0: farmer's market, someone,
1: my followers, you know, um, Facebook put out a call out. What's the best cookie in your Mm -hmm. state. Okay. And then, uh, basically my followers who would like look to see where I was popping up. Yeah you know, did an instant message or post on the today shows site saying T-Rex cookie. Right. So
0: they were That's when it took off. Huh?
1: Yeah. So, you know, if you're not on social media, you're kind of dead in the water from a small business perspective.
0: Yeah. Do you have a preference of a platform over one of the others?
1: You know, it's funny because each platform has a different set of people, content. right? So TikTok, all the millennials in the world, yeah. I'm not on Snapchat just because I can't figure it out. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: confused confusing i have try it but
1: right uh, tiktok it, to me is like my my guilty pleasure yeah. in terms of you my personal get
0: lost in tiktok
1: right sure. and I, it's whatever's served up to me is really funny because i see like um cooking videos all the time Yeah. so to me that's how i like learn how to cook chicken um but facebook i want to say is the older crowd but the older crowd that actually has money mm-hmm. and then we have instagram very visual right it's usually the millennials and a little bit younger yeah and that's where my my posts are different mm-hmm. my posts are like the mixer videos like the funny images yep. and that's where i can be kind of snarky facebook not so much because your audience you have to it's kind of know the audience for each platform
0: yeah i feel like facebook if you try and target more like a local area facebook's great because you can kind of post right. you know post in those groups forever. but instagram i think for you especially as you kind of build your brand right you know because your brand has a little edginess to it you know which is which is cool Uh, But I think that's where people really start to see because you can post reels and stuff. And it's just more, yeah, it's more visual than- than It is. And it's a
1: lot of work. It's a lot of work. And um, I started out doing it myself. Okay. A lot of questions was like, do you do it yourself? I'm like, I have access to both. To all platforms. Yeah. Um, but I had actually had to hire someone to do it. Yeah. Cause you have to do it and you have to like understand the algorithm. Mm-hmm. Um, like what why does this only have th- 10 views where a stupid video I posted yesterday has like yeah. half a million views? It <laughs> makes no sense to me.
0: For sure, for sure. And then it's this, I mean it's a full time job basically. You right. Know, bring a lot of content. Like you have to go in there, edit it, figure mm-hmm. out what to do, write the captions. Yeah. So. And I
1: actually have a I have a um podcast too. Yeah. So, um, it's on hiatus right now because my producers like, you know, podcasts don't make money. Mm -hmm. We have to do we have to do things (laughs) to make money.
0: Yeah, (laughs) but it was a
1: lot of fun to do my podcast.
0: Yeah. And what was the kind of theme of your podcast?
1: Um, a lo- it was a lot more about small business ownership and entrepreneurship okay. and kind of like sharing with the audience and actually had a lot of listeners. I was surprised. I thought I was just talking to myself.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, you feel like you are right right now, just I, talking to each other. Um,
1: but I had guests, you know, yeah. and we had guests to talk about like, what's it like to run a small business? What are the challenges that we, we suffer through as a small business owner? And a lot of people don't want to talk about it. Like as you know, everything from mental health to like failure, how right. does yeah. how does one deal with failure yeah. um, as it's a small get, business owner?
0: Get to eventually experience eventually this failure, you right? Know, so how to deal with it? Um, back to the cookies. Right. So what kind of like what's your what's your top flavors, and then what are your kind of. Array of different. <laughs> we
1: probably have over have made over five hundred different kinds of cookies. Okay. Some are major fails that we'll yeah. never do again. But now we know. <laughs> um. But my best seller is the sea salt caramel chocolate chip, which was okay. the one that was recognized by the Today Show. Okay. Um, and you know, a lot of people were like, "Oh, I don't like sweets." The fact that we sprinkle some sea salt on top kind of like negates a lot of the it st- does yeah. over sweetness of was, the cookie. I got some. Cookies,
0: yeah.
1: So. Um, and they're all half a pound. So the yeah, listeners that listen. don't know,
0: yeah. yes. You don't know the cookies are half a pound.
1: Yay. Yeah. Yeah, they are. And ones
0: two even, right?
1: We make five pounders. Yeah. So it's like half a pound or five a pounds. Pizza box. Yeah. And it's fun be- to do. But the funny part is the cookies, fun fact, they did not start out large mm-hmm. when I started okay. the company. When I started the company, they were small.
0: Just like regular size cookies? Normal. I call them sure. normal size yeah.
1: cookies. um, But I was a tennis instructor for five years, mm. somewhere sprinkled in between my corporate gigs. Yeah. And I developed a really severe case of tennis elbow. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then when I started the company and I was scooping hundreds of cookies at sure. a time, I said, you know, I wonder if I just made these bigger. <laughs>
0: yeah. Less scooping.
1: Less scooping. Nice. I did it by hand. Yeah. And then I would bring both sizes to the market mm-hmm. and no one would buy the normal size cookies anymore. Yeah.
0: Bigger's better, right?
1: Well, the funny part is they're like, oh, I get it. It's T Rex cookie because they're huge. I'm like, oh yes.
0: Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's why I thought until I met you. <laughs> that's why.
1: And then yeah. like, no, it's actually because my name is Tina Rexing. They're like, oh, genius. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, some things just happened by it accident.
0: Pretty well. Right. So yeah. Um, what other, I guess, fun facts would you say could you share about your business but then that people maybe don't don't know?
1: Well, fun facts is like the mixer videos is what we're kind of known for Mm -hmm. um, on TikTok and Instagram. I started doing that like, I don't know, four years ago because I was going to make an apple pie cookie. Yeah. So my first mixer video was pretty much an uh, accident where I'm like, what do I put into an apple pie cookie? So here I am like thinking, okay, crust, apple pie. Why don't I just throw the freaking pie pie in? And I'm like, oh. Oh. When I threw it in for the first time, I didn't film it. Sure. I'm like, this is kind of fun. Yeah. Let's film it.
0: Do they actually turn out make good cookies?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the funny part, I'm not a trained pastry chef and I've made the mistake of hiring pastry chefs to work for me. Mm-hmm. And the way I bake and make the cookie dough is so not kosher. Sure. <laughs> in ter- Kosher in the way that.
0: Not the traditional way. Oh,
1: uh, People think of baking as an exact science and it's not. In my kitchen, anyway, yeah. Because we throw random things into the mixer, we have to be flexible in terms of like, how does the dough feel? Mm-hmm. And if the feels really squishy, because I added a bunch of like wet things in it, like bourbon,
0: yeah.
1: Let's just add a little bit more dry mix. Yeah, I call it dry out. mix because I have a proprietary mix that's mm. mine. Yeah. Um, I won't say what's
0: in it. Sure.
1: <laughs> but the way it's formulated is that I can add as much or as little as I need to.
0: Okay. To kind of even things out. There.
1: So when you ask me like how much did you, of that did you just put in, I'm like, uh enough to make it less squishy. Yeah. <laughs> um so this is that's the fun part of the okay. and fun wacky part of this. Yeah, business. those are funny. Yeah.
0: Um I was well I've been trying to ask people this, but books. So being a oh, business yeah. owner, you know, right. trying to get inspiration or learn some stuff. I'm big into books as well, but what books have you read that has kind of helped you along the way?
1: Well, I will first start out with saying I'm not a reader. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm more like, just tell me the story and then we'll just go with it. Right. Yeah. But when I was transitioning from my Minneapolis location to here in Egan, we were, I was like in some financial dire straits. Yeah. Right. I'm like, oh, I got to figure out how to figure, how to figure this out. Yeah. Um, And someone gave me the book, uh, Shoe Dog. Okay. By the founder of Nike. Oh, nice.
0: And Phil Knight. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. So you, the book is essentially about the struggles of like, we know Nike now, right? right? How did that become what it was? Sure. And what I learned from that book was his ability to be okay with being in debt,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and things are going to be okay. What yeah, is just your kind of
0: trust yourself? Yeah. Like, what your is product. your
1: risk tolerance? Yeah. And I'm happy. I'm at my husband be shocked to hear this, but I'm happy that he's on the conservative side of things Mm -hmm. because he has like his head on straight. Yeah. And I my hair is on fire (laughs) all the time. Yeah. Um. And so I and I have a pretty high risk tolerance for for get being in debt. And as a small business owner, you kind of have to be. Yeah. But I, yeah, you have to be willing to spend money to make money. Sure. Yeah. But that's what's that's kind of what I learned from that particular book. Right now I'm kind of forced to read a couple small business books called Traction mm-hmm. and um EOS is something I'm taking my team through, is just a different way to manage your business and kind of how to talk about my business. Okay. Um so I'm going through that right now with my nice. team.
0: Awesome. Speaking of team, what mm-hmm. kind of makes up T-Rex would you come from Company?
1: So I have um, two managers. Okay. One is a production manager. One is my brand manager who also helps run my Ridgedale location. Mm. Um, I have a fairly small team. Okay. Uh, one thing I made it a point when I hired people was everyone needs to know how to do everything. Sure. From baking to driving the truck because we just never know when someone can't make it. Yep. Right? Yep. I learned that lesson when I ran my cafe and baristas didn't know how to cook and cooks didn't know how to make coffee. So now you're everyone's required to n- bake the dough, make some dough, bake it. So when you're out selling cookies at a farmers market, you can answer the question of the how are you right?
0: That's Why that's are they so big? Um
1: those kind of questions.
0: That's
1: awesome. So it's a great team. Um I also Treat my team probably in the in the food world, um, most food companies don't have the bandwidth or the the stomach to pay people more. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I treat my employees probably better than yeah. most people in the food industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so my turnover knock on wood <laughs> is pretty low. Yeah, compared
0: <laughs> to your other business that you're a job that you're in, you had the four managers oh, my switching around. Right? But yeah, you probably keep those people a lot longer than. You.
1: Yeah. And I'm trying to make it a point to like, okay, who needs health insurance? What else do you guys need? Mm-hmm. What can I do to make you happy? Um, you know, when possible they can work from home, which yep. is weird, right. right. For a food company. Sure. Um, and I'm not, I'm, I'm getting over this. Cause I'm like an older person. Um, the whole, you need to be at your desk nine to five. Mm-hmm. Right. I grew up with that. I grew yeah. up with a boss giving me shit for like not being here <laughs> yeah. and makes no sense if you can get it done at home.
0: transition the past couple of years for sure
1: right covid kind of pushed uh,
0: people to do that and so it could be done and totally productive so well cool that's all I got for you today thank what? you for
1: are we done we're
0: done oh, yeah so I know good. there's probably tons more we could talk about right because uh, I'll get a taste test and some next time or something right. but um thank you for lending me your space and yeah, sure. sharing your story
1: thanks for thanks for coming over
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> excellent